0: Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
1: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Two episodes in one week. Thanks for listening to the Moment of Cluth podcast, If you're a football fan, this is an exciting week for you because it's the NFL Draft. Joining me on this episode is Super Bowl champion, two-time pro bowler, former strong safety for the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints, Roman Harper. I covered Roman in his last season as a Saint. He's a great guy, a great interview, and he loves his alma mater, the University of Alabama. He shares with me hilarious anecdotes from his NFL draft experience, how he's holding up with daddy daycare during quarantine, his thoughts on the draft prospects this year, and what new skills he's picking up with his time indoors. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everyone, and welcome into the Moment of Cluth podcast. Joining me today is Super Bowl champion and two time Pro Bowler Roman Harper. Roman, thank you for coming on and welcome.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me again, Megan. Uh, it's always good seeing you and always good talking to you. So thanks.
1: Before we get started, I'm going to put a stop clock on how long it takes you to say Roll Tide during this conversation. OK, so let's I got my bet on under a minute.
0: <laughs> I almost just said it, but since you put in time, I'm not going to say it.
1: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I highly, I highly doubt that. OK. Um, it's draft week. You were drafted with the 43rd pick in the 2006 NFL draft. What do you remember from that day?
0: Uh, I remember sleeping in because I partied really hard the night before. Uh, because at that point, all the hay was in the barn. I had, had nothing else to do. So I just wanted to just you know let my hair down. And I, and I did that uh, in Tuscaloosa. And then I woke up in Tuscaloosa, like, right as the draft was about to start. Like, that is how long I slept and, like, stayed out. (laughs) Then I was like, okay, I need to hurry up and get home. So I showered and uh, drove home about an hour and 30 minutes. Uh, So by the time I got home, the second round was just now about to start. So, you know, and I didn't have service at the time when you were driving home on a cell phone. In the country, you just didn't have service. So I didn't miss anything. And I wasn't expecting to go to the first round. So I got home, started hanging out with my parents. I didn't really want a big party because I didn't know when I was going to get drafted. My agent had told me anywhere from the second round all the way to the fifth. And uh, I was just wanting to be calm and, and just wait on my name to get called. I was a little anxious, but not really thinking about it. I was probably home 20, 30 minutes. And then my phone, my parents' phone rang. And my mom was like, the phone's for you. It sounds important. I was like, who's calling me at my parents' house? And uh, it happened to be Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. And they started talking to me and they said they were going to draft me. And I'm kind of just sitting there on my couch, playing on my T-Mobile sidekick while I'm talking <laughs> to I'm like, just like kind of texting. I'm texting one of my, my old college teammates like, dude, I think the Saints are trying to say they're going to draft me. <laughs> and uh, I talked to them for about three or four minutes. I hung up the phone. And, uh, and I just kind of sat there on the couch with my mom. And then we're all about, who was it? Who was it? I was like, it was nobody you know, because you've heard the, the crazy stories where uh, teams say that they're going to draft you and then they end up don't calling your name. So I didn't want that to be that disappointing for me and my family. So I just kind of sat there and then uh, Mel Copper and those guys were talking and then my name scrolled across the bottom and boom, everybody starts celebrating. Everybody in my whole town, it seemed like everybody stopped by the house that day. And uh, then I got to go out and hang out in a uh, in small little watering hole. We got in Prattville uh, called the Cabana Club. It's no longer open, but <laughs> we had a great time that night.
1: That is the most laid-back draft day story I've ever heard.
0: Sorry for the disappointment. I, was, <laughs> I, I, was, I, I didn't want to party, or and I didn't want a lot of people around because I, did, I, I just didn't want to be disappointed. And uh, my dad was actually grilling out, and I got drafted way before I was ready to. I, like I said, I literally was home for like 20, 30 minutes. I was not waiting around. You hear all these people and talk about how oh, they've been waiting around all day and looking for the phone not me i partied hard the night before (laughs) i slept in i woke up i drove home and i was at home for like 30 minutes and i got drafted
1: i gotta give credit to you we've now made it three minutes and 11 seconds without you saying roll tide when you mentioned well i did party in
0: tuscaloosa so there's no better time to say roll tide how about there
1: we go three minutes (laughs) and 19 seconds i think that's a record for you honestly that
0: is a record for our (laughs) conversations.
1: um you know, you talk about you didn't think that you were going to get drafted, and then you get drafted. How did that change your life?
0: Uh, Pretty much instantly. Uh, my college teammate, uh, my college roommate, Charlie Pepper, actually called me. Uh, he got drafted in the fifth round to the Giants. And uh, I got drafted in the second round, like you said, to the Saints. He called me right afterwards and was like, dude, congratulations, but just know you guys are going to suck. They never go to the playoffs. You'll, you'll probably, like, never go to the playoffs or ever be on part of anything winning. And uh, it was the complete opposite. So, uh, but I would say the biggest way it changed my life. And this is a great story is that, so I got drafted on that Saturday and I called my financial advisor and I've been looking at some cars that I wanted. And literally I I, I got drafted on Saturday and on the following Thursday, I had a Mercedes Benz SL uh, dropped (laughs) off in front of my parents' house. And I, I picked it up, my neighbors, my neighbors like all came outside and they were like, we didn't even know they like dropped off cars. We thought that was only in the movies. So that's pretty much how fast my life changed. I had a draft on Thursday before I even got paid any money, but they gave it to me anyways. Uh, they gave me a hundred thousand dollar car uh, with nothing down, and just because I got drafted. So you just that's how that fast you were, your life changed.
1: You just knew you were gonna win a Super Bowl <laughs> and go to go with the Saints to the playoffs five times. Go to the Pro Bowl two times. You just knew that was in your future, didn't you?
0: Ah, you know, I, sometimes you'd rather be lucky than smart. And <laughs>
1: Is there anything you would change about that now looking back or you're like, oh man, I wish I saved my money?
0: No, I wish I would have. uh, So I I used to train in in Los Angeles, uh, in LA, and I wish the house that I was renting, it was for sale. I wish I would have bought that house uh, and what I would have made off of it now for what it was worth then. Like I wish I would have bought that house. I wish I would have uh, bought a condo in New Orleans when I thought about doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, going into my fourth year, I was just concerned, but I didn't know if I was going to stay in New Orleans because I didn't know if they wanted me long-term. So I wish I would have bought that condo. So then I would have had that and I would have been renting that out. And then probably it had already been paid for and paid for itself. Then I have a condo in the same building now that I rent out and it's kind of done the same thing. And then a couple other places that came available on Julia Street, I wish I would have bought. I would have owned the whole block is what I'm really saying is that I wish I would have spent more. That's what I'm saying. I wish I would have <laughs> spent more.
1: I'm going to take this mentality to the quarantine <laughs> sales and just, you know, look back and have no regrets at the hundreds You can't take it time. with
0: you. You can't take it with you. And right. all the money that I gave to my brothers as like gifts and things like that, I wish I would have invested in them. I wish I would have told them, hey, you go be an entrepreneur, start a business. Let's come with a, gay, a great game plan or idea. And then I'll put the money that I give to you Let's put it in an idea in and in a, a, a startup company or something like that to where now you're able to have your own and not just some gifts or some clothes or things like that.
1: Right. I always regret spending it on clothes and thinking what I could have done with investing it. Real estate is the way to go, especially on Julia Street, New Orleans. It's- oh, my gosh.
0: It's crazy. I look at Julia Street now and I wish I would own the whole block over there. It was so cheap at the time.
1: I know they've got such nice condos. I actually almost lived at one, um, kind of by Lucy's, this brand new condo. Um, all right, so you played nine years with the Saints. You were part of five playoff teams, like I mentioned, including the Super Bowl championship team in 09. And you also went to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton as your quarterback and the Carolina Panthers in 2015. When you look back at your playing career, is there a moment that stands out to you where you knew you weren't being true to yourself, and you thought, like, man, this isn't who I am?
0: Um. I I think it was. In in 2013, um, I was, I was, they, the Saints had drafted Kenny Vaccaro and it was some, some competition going on. I'd gotten hurt early in that year. And when I was coming back, I was wanting to play more. And they were like, all right, we're going this, we're going with Kenny right now. And I was understandably why. I mean, he was a good player and I was also coming off injuries, but I just, I was not myself. I was not in a happy place. I, I did not, I was not in a great place and you know when I had a meeting with Sean Payton we had lost the game in St. Louis and I didn't like the way that uh, our communication was going down like he tried to blame some things on me and I was blaming things on the defense because why were we in this defense and I think we really bumped heads and I I think for the rest of that year I was just not a happy person I didn't want to be there anymore Uh, I didn't like the way the fans were treating everybody and just wasn't good uh, we just came one on the worst defensive years ever under Steve Spagnuolo and uh, and I just need to change the center I need to get out of there I felt like I was being drained of my life force I was not a happy person and uh, going to Carolina actually changed who I am as a person as a man I, I, I felt like when I left New Orleans I was a man considerable in age but when it came to maturity and who I was actually being or trying to recreate myself to be I felt like I became a man when I came to Carolina, I really refocused myself. I really tried to rebuild my whole craft and I had a lot more to prove. And I'm glad that when I got here, um, I helped this team win consecutive uh, division championships. We kind of whooped up on the Saints and it really got to feel good to go back and win games against the team that I, I really, I left with a sour taste in my mouth and I uh, really got to wash that all the way. And uh, I was really ready to, retire after uh, if we would not won that Super Bowl in Carolina my last year, but we did not. And then God works in mysterious ways. And then next, year, you know, I end up going back to new Orleans for one last ride just to kind of say, okay, we're back. We're cool. And kind of ease out all the, the negativity.
1: Yes. It's a nice way to close the chapter. I always believe that um, holding on to negativity is like trying to swallow poison. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't serve anybody. What did you learn from that experience, though, in um, understanding that your time with that team was done? Because I think that's applicable to a lot of people in their current career is whatever it is that they're doing.
0: Yeah, that, you know, things just aren't going to always work out for you. And, you know, you got to understand that uh, everything happens for a reason, that the, the, the downfalls that you have today are what's really going to help you overcome your trials and tribulations of tomorrow. So. Um, everything that you kind of go through I broke my leg in high school I I cried I thought I'd never be able to play another football game right and then next you know I go to University of Alabama and you know know, play at the highest level in my rookie year um, after never being hurt in college I tear my ACL and never you know the the Saints bring in another guy to replace me why because that's the business of what they do Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: you look up I, I was able to hold on to my position and I thought I wouldn't even be able to stay there all my whole career. And then, you know, I resigned to a very large contract and continue to move on. And then a couple years into that, they want to move on from you. And you just don't know what to do. And It's ebbs and flow of life. And just understand that you got to have a faith-based life of something, right? And if you don't believe in anything, you'll fall for anything. But, you know, if you have a great solid foundation of of something that you hold on to dearly, uh, that is what you can always refer back to and fall back on. Uh, when things don't go your way and I think that's what I've always tried to do is uh, not back off my faith and my family and just really lean on those that I love and cherish the most because they've been for me and been there with me since day one and they're always there pushing me forward and helping me get through the the tough times and even now when I'm you know I'm yelling at my daughter doing math facts this morning right because she's just not getting it and like she has to do better right and I'm not a great teacher but I know if I keep hammering this thing out and that tomorrow will be better and that she'll forgive me in 20 minutes when we're doing another piece of work. And and uh, just knowing that uh, this whole stay at home thing is affecting us all in different ways and that we're going to get through it though. Why? Because that's just what we do.
1: I had to check on my friends who are homeschooling their kids right now, you included. I love that you chronicle daddy daycare on your Instagram. It's the cutest thing. Your children are beautiful. Um, who's doing the homeschooling, you like or your Heather? Mom. Do uh,
0: Heather does, they look like their mom. But yes, Heather does majority of it. We have one, one of our, uh, our, our younger daughter, Sydney. She's in a uh, Chinese immersion school. So none of us help her with the Chinese part, right?
1: We, <laughs> How do you even?
0: I don't know. She just listens to a computer and we just sit up there and just like, okay, good job, Sydney. And, uh, but everything else we try and do with reading and math and uh, we're constantly on our kids. Uh, the biggest thing is uh, little Roman. We got to get this dude doing something. He's kind of just sitting here, just kind of just getting in the way a lot. And uh, because he's in a Montessori school, we don't get to uh, have a whole bunch of work for him. But it's coming along. And, look, I just know it feels better when you know you're not the only one. I'm not the only parent struggling going through these things. I'm not the only person that wants to do more outside activities. And I'm not the only person that's cooped up in my house. So uh, for for the time being, though, I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm going to spend more time with my family. I'm going to focus on doing the little things and – I I never thought that we'd be able to cook at home as much as we have. I think everybody has continued to gain their chef skills and grow better in the kitchen like what most of us did growing up. So for that aspect of it, I, I'm actually appreciative of it. Me
1: too. It's been great to gather in the kitchen and cook. Um, have you learned any new skills while you're in quarantine?
0: Uh, yes, I've actually learned how to use a hammer and a nail a lot more. I, I, I'm not... I am not good and handy at all. But uh, since this has been gone, like, I put like two or three uh, uh, furniture pieces together. I've really gotten better with my hands when it comes to being handy around the house. And I'm starting to get a little confident. I'm not gonna be overconfident, Megan, but just know I am starting <laughs> to get a little bit better. And uh, you know, I'm starting to grow into this like manly man that my wife might actually enjoy.
1: By the end of quarantine, you're gonna be on HGTV.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might even have like a real beard, and, like, planted, <laughs> you know? like, look the part.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. I uh, attempted to put together some shoe shelves the other day and gave up and made my boyfriend do it. So I'm not <laughs> gaining any skills in the home department. Um, I have to ask you, because you were in the NFC South your entire career, uh, Gronk and Tom Brady to the Bucks. What are your thoughts?
0: I mean it's absolutely amazing I'm really looking forward to it uh everybody that's a Saints fan and everybody they're all mad but I'm just going to be 100% honest Gronkowski's not in football shape so it's going to take a while he's not going to just step back out there and be the same Gronk that he was two years ago you don't I don't think anybody can just go back and just pick it right back up Uh, but I'm looking forward to all the challenges of it I, I think uh uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have to make some roster moves because they got uh, Cameron Bright, I believe is his name, and also they drafted O.J. Howard in the first round a couple years ago out of the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Uh, so, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, so you have some things that they have to do and accomplish, but is this going to be this super team that everybody's talking about? Or, or this could also be that, that same team that, that the Philadelphia Eagles constructed a couple years ago when they had Mike Vick, Vince Young, all these other great players, and they ended up being like eight and eight, nine and seven. So it could go both ways. I still think the Saints are the team to beat until they're knocked off uh, the top in the NFC South. But right now, I just want to see Tampa Bay play some ball. I'm like really excited to see who this Tampa Bay team is going to be. I think they're naturally going to be more confident. They're going to believe in themselves. Every game, they're going to know they're going to have a chance to win because they have Tom Brady at quarterback. And who doesn't want to play around that guy? And who doesn't want to block more or play just a little bit harder when you got probably the best player of all time or the best quarterback for sure of all time on your team? you got to take advantage of it knowing that he's, what, 42, 43 years old? So you, this is this, this small window of time to go out there and try and bring this team and this organization to championship. And there's no better time to be in Tampa Bay than right now.
1: How do we think uh, Julian Edelman's doing?
0: He's probably crying, just crying. <laughs> I mean, he's sad. He, who's going to throw him the ball? And it, and it wasn't like Julian's like the top tier number one receiver. He's a really good receiver for that offense. And he and Tom had great connection. But you put him on any other team, he's not going to be a number one receiver. So they the New England has some holes in their roster. But I, I, I never question what New England's doing. They always seem to have something up their sleeves. They'll do something before the draft or right around draft time and really try and uplift that whole roster and, and get them back going but Julian's probably sad but who cares he's made a lot of money and he'll be fine
1: are there any draft prospects that you're um, most interested in with draft coming up
0: uh yeah of course to Tonga tongue I just his whole story is, you know if he doesn't get hurt uh what is the they have no knock on him he'd be right up there with Joe Burrow and all the mm-hmm. quarterback talks uh, of course I think Joe Burrow's going to go number one just Because he's a quarterback that's from Ohio. Cincinnati has been an organization that's always done the wrong thing. And you can't mess this up by letting somebody that grew up in your own backyard get out of there. So I I think he goes number one. I think Chase Young goes number two to Washington Redskins. I think Tua, at that point, somebody comes up and trades up for Tua. I don't think he gets past three or four at the worst. Um, I don't think Miami will be able to sit back at five and think that they're going to get the quarterback that they want. I think the Chargers play another role in all this. I think they're going to be interested in trying to make some moves. And from there, all the chips will fall where they fall. A couple offensive linemen should go within that top 10 or to 11 picks. And after that, I, I think you'll start to see a run of receivers and that team's part really take off. You'll see a lot of receivers come off the board.
1: I'm interested to see how it's all going to go down tomorrow. Um, so the end of this podcast, I like to play a game called Two Truths and a Lie. I you mean, you've
0: always done that. I think last time we <laughs> some shop you did some kind of game like this all right
1: That's my MO got to keep things <laughs> spicy you know keep you on your toes So um the game is two truths and a lie and right. you tell me two truths and one lie and I have to guess what the lie is
0: All right two truths and a lie Um All right this is hard I wish I'd have been prepared Okay all yeah, right anything um,
1: Alabama related you know I'm going to be I'm going to know the answer Okay
0: okay all right <laughs> So I got gray hair in college. That's when I first got gray hair was in college. All right. Um, my favorite food is fried pork chops. And, um, my favorite, uh, my favorite car is a Lamborghini.
1: I'm gonna go with the Lamborghini is a lie.
0: Wrong. The Lamborghini is right. <laughs> that's my favorite car. This is the
1: first time I've lost this game on this podcast. Yes. Actually, maybe that, maybe that's a lie. Pierre Thomas told me he put baby powder in his underwear to stay fresh. I can't remember if I got that one right or not.
0: He Pierre probably does that. Like <laughs> Pierre probably does that. So what's uh, the tr-
1: what's the lie then? The pork chops.
0: No, I actually got gray hair when I was in junior high, like way before college. Yeah. I
1: am shook.
0: <laughs> yeah, way before college. <laughs> I had it in high school, junior high, uh, high school, college, the whole nine. That's why I never dyed it, because, you know, I didn't want people to think, oh, Roman's changed on us because he made it. So I just, I just That's kept why it. you're
1: so mature. You've had gray hair forever.
0: I've had it over half my life, so yeah.
1: Well, it's working for you. So that's, honestly, I'm so surprised by that answer. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and keep doing what you're doing. I love watching your videos of daddy daycare. Please keep sharing them and I hope you I stay will. safe.
0: Thanks, Megan. You stay safe up there too. Stay, uh, stay good. We'll talk soon. Roll time. Thank
1: you. Thanks for listening to the Moment of Cluth podcast. I'm your host, Megan Cluth. I hope you enjoyed this episode and for more, please subscribe and share this episode with others. Visit magencluth.com to get in touch and stay tuned for more great interviews.